Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles real quickly to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're going to pick up where we've been for the last couple of weeks in this series entitled Full. Amen? We're going to continue in this. I want to, uh, last, you know, the first week of our series, we talked about being full of the Spirit of God, right? And we're to be people that are full of the Spirit. And there's the lights. Praise God. Uh, We're people to be full of the Spirit. And then, uh, then... Uh, Last week, we talked about being full of joy, people who have joy within our hearts, people who live full of joy, who aren't uh, uh, always uh, uh, down and out, weaned on a pickle, sour-faced, ugly people. We tell our face that we have joy, and then we have joy in the Lord. And then today, I want to talk to you about the subject of hope. Somebody say hope. If you need a subtitle for your sermon today, for us Star Wars fans in here, it's going to be A New Hope. Uh, I really want you to take hope and a new kind of hope today and give you a different lens of hope because many of us have a skewed vision or a skewed view of what hope is. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but let's read the scripture first so we can say this is a biblical message this morning. It says this, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. If you look at this in the Passion Translation, I love the way it reads. And so we, uh, I have that prepared today. So if you will put up the next scripture for me. It says this. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. I love the way this text reads it because really what it illuminates to us is that What we learned last week, a joyful life, a joyful life is based on hope, is really what the scripture is somewhat illuminating to us here. And because when we have hope, it's saying that it will release a continual joy. And let me just tell you, whenever you have hope and continual joy, it will keep you from giving up on situations. It'll keep you from giving up in the midst of life's trials and troubles and problems. And the scripture brings us all the way back to week one, where the scripture says, but commune with God daily or communicate with God at all times. What's interesting is that brings us back to the first week of the series when we talked about the table and how there's always a table to be filled at. The table represents community, uh, community or communication, a place where we commune with God. So we can go to the table that God has prepared for us wherever we're at because it says don't give up in a time of trouble. So that means just like the script, the psalmist said that you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So whenever I'm in a time of trouble, there's always a table for me to go to, to be filled at, but also to commune with God at, to speak with him, to talk to him, to let him know what's going on so that we can have hope and a continual joy. But let's talk about what hope is and what hope isn't. Uh, For many of us, uh, 
hope is wishful thinking, right? That's kind of how we, we use it. Like uh, Kind of like last night as I was watching the Florida State game and Gator fans in here were really wishing and hoping that they were going to win last night and it did not happen. And I'm going to be real honest with you. As a Florida State fan, I was hoping we were going to win. And I really didn't have very much confidence in that hope. It was definitely some wishful thinking and, re- and real talk with you. And um, But I did learn real quickly that the Lord answers prayers because last night as I was praying over our food, uh, the last, I said, Lord, thank you for this, this fellowship, this time together. Lord, we thank you for this food. Let me nourishment to our bodies and our bodies for your service. And Lord, let the knolls win. And look at God. Look at him. Look how good he is. He answers prayers. And you know what the problem was? Y'all Gator fans are dealing with some unforgiveness, and so you're no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I wish I could be a Seminole. No, you can, you know, but, uh, but that, that is not biblical hope. Wishful thinking is not biblical hope. Hope is commonly used to mean a wish. But in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and his strength I mean, in its strength, in his faithfulness. So I'm going to say it again. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. Let me simplify it. As you already see here, hope equals confident expectation. That's what it means. It is a confident expectancy, but the confident expectancy is anchored, for better words, for lack of better words, anchored in who God is and what he says he will be for us. It's an assurance that we have. So I know God's my protector. Why do I know God's my protector? Because he's already revealed himself in the scripture as such. I know God can be my healer. How do I know God can be my healer? Because he's already revealed himself in scripture as such. I know God is the lover of my soul. So how do I know that? Because... He's already revealed himself. I know God's my father. I know that God is is my salvation. I know that God is my deliverer. I know that God is my freedom. I know that God is my joy. How do I know these things? I know that God can be the light of the world in the midst of darkness. How do I know these things? Because God has already revealed himself in scripture as that. So I can have a confident expectation that that is who he will be and what he will do and how he will be. And he'll be faithful to complete those things in my life. Now, let's balance it for a moment, okay? Because how many of you ever sing, uh, have ever heard us sing this song, or maybe you've sang it at a different church, or maybe you sang it in your um, worship time, or maybe you've never heard this song at all, and it goes like this, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down, you're, anybody heard that song? Man, that song will fill you with some hope, right? You start singing, and maybe I feel hope rising. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. I know you're never, you're never going to let. You're like so excited because we know that like nothing bad's going to, nothing bad ever happens to me. Like you're just walking around life like nothing bad is ever going to happen in your life because you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. Guess what? Bad things happen in your life. Things can really sometimes think, like, sometimes things, bad things happen, right? Anybody ever had something bad happen in their life? Yeah. Yeah. All of us in this room have had something that really stunk that happened, that stink, stank, stunk in our life. But here we go. Here's the thing. All of us have had something go wrong in our life. Does that mean that God let us down? 
And this is where some of us get really confused because we're like, well, if he's this, then yeah, he let me down. Well, let's talk about it because this is the problem. Oftentimes, our hope is in an outcome, not in the one who performs it. Okay? You, you know the outcome you want. You know what you want. I know how I want this to end. I know how I want to see victory. I know how I would perceive God as never letting me down. And then if things don't happen that way, then all of a sudden we are crushed, crumbled, and sailing away, being pushed by the winds, being crushed by everything around us because our hope was never actually firm in the right thing. Our hope was found in if everything happens the way that I want it to happen, then I have hope. And that means that God is good and God never lets me down. And he's always there. He's a friend that stick it close. He is my protector. He is my healer. You know what? Sometimes things happen that aren't the way you wanted them to happen. But that doesn't mean God lets you down. He's still there in the midst of those. Hebrews 6 you know, I, I found that in the seasons where you didn't get, where I haven't got the outcome that I wanted, I think I find God more in those seasons than I do even whenever I'm in a high season. And I think that's honestly the way it kind of just happens. Because in the midst of those seasons where you're like, what in the world is going on? You're looking for answers, right? You're looking for, well, what's the solution to this? Let me just remind you, there's only one solution. That's having hope and anchor in a God that never changes and is always there. Hebrews 6, 13, 19 says this. It's a pretty lengthy passage of scripture. We don't have it on the screens for you, so I apologize. But let me read it real quickly. Hebrews 6, 13, 19. If you have your scripture, your smartphone, iPad, Kindle, whatever, you can turn there real quickly. Hebrews 6, 13, 19 says this. When God made his promise to Abraham... Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Now, if we really look at the story of Abraham, and I don't have time to this morning, uh, Abraham had plenty of moments and times where he saw the promise take place to have dashed hope and to be a heartsick person because his hope could have been very uh, far off from him. But the scripture goes on to say this in verse 16, people swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Verse 17, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of this hope or the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And this is the scripture that many of us know. Verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That makes a beautiful Instagram post, doesn't it? Just a beautiful shirt and a little anchor on it. Ooh, look at me. I'm so nautical. Like, we love that, like, ooh, hope, anchor for my soul. You know what that means? Anchors don't work. Ooh, I didn't, this is good. Anchors don't work unless there's tension. Anchors don't work unless there's some tension. In other words, the anchor can't, the anchor can't do its job until wind starts blowing on your ship. 
The anchor doesn't work properly. You don't feel the effects of the anchor until things start pushing you and trying to prod you and get you to go into a different direction. And that is where your hope is challenged. What is your hope in? Listen to me, making the situation where your hope is results in you blaming God for letting you down. Some of y'all like that Broadway musical. God, I need this job. I really need this job. Oh, God, I need this job. I hope I get it. I hope I get it. How many people does he need? Anybody know I'm talking about in this room? Like maybe five of us. I only, okay, if anybody ever saw the movie Will Ferrell, Land of the Lost, that is the only reason I know that, that song, okay? Where, was it, Chaka? He's like, I really need this <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on. Some of y'all, though, are like, man, I, I got to have this job. And your hope is found in the solution being you get that job, right? And then all of a sudden, we get the job. Woo, I got hope. Three weeks later, you get let, let go. <laughs> and your hope is gone all of a sudden. And that's because your hope was in a job, not in God. Your hope was in a provision that comes from man, not a provision that comes from a heavenly resource. And now, obviously, I understand the balance of this, that there's natural things that if a man don't work, he don't eat. Like, you need a job. Like, your family, and your family, whoever is going to make money in your family needs a job. Like, you need a job, okay? If you want to eat, you need a job. I get it. You got to work. But at the same time, understand that my hope is not in man's resource. It's in God's resource. My hope is not just like with this. Some of us need medicine in this room, okay? I got, I, I got, I think I may mention last week, I got diagnosed with like, uh, uh, what's it called? Acid reflux. I got to be on medication now for this mess, okay? But my ultimate hope is not in man's medication to heal me. It's helping me. My hope is in Christ, the healer, and God, the healer, that eventually I'll be at a place where God will heal me to a point where I won't have to take that, and God will supernaturally heal me, amen? Like, that is what hope is, that I can still do these things, but tomorrow, if medicine fails me, God won't. If man fails me, God won't. He will be there. He's not going to let me down. He's going to show up, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Listen to me. We must hope in his plan, not the way it happens. We must hope in his plan, not the way it happens. And that's why Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your might. Lean not on your own understanding. With all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Because the problem is this, we don't realize that our hope is in a situation until it changes. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, my hope was in the wrong thing. Our hope's got to be anchored to Christ. Because when your hope is anchored in Christ, you'll realize the scripture says that he turns all things around for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. If you have that as your hope, you will know that everything Every little thing is going to be all right. Like you'll know that to be true about God, that God's going to make all things good and make everything all right. Amen? But unfortunately, many of us have been guilty of riding the hope roller coaster, where like, <laughs> we're hot and we're cold, we're yes and we're no. Like, we're up and down, all around. We are on the hope roller coaster. Three people got it, and it like happened late. <sighs> Listen, these things just happen, y'all. I don't have this in my notes, okay? It's just I'm 
I come from a family. My grandpa has a song for everything. Anybody else got a grandpa or parent like that? My grandpa has a song for everything. I could be like, man, it's a beautiful day. He's like, it's a beautiful day. So that's too, that's too young for him. Never mind. But like, there's a song for everything. But <laughs> we, we've been guilty of riding the hope roller coaster. When things are good, we're high on hope. When things are bad, we're down crashing. Like the, 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 the track broke. Like it is off the rails. But then everything's good. Oh, we're back on the rails. Everything's going good. And that's a hope roller coaster. But to get off of the hope roller coaster, you have to put your personal confident expectation in him. Let me say it like this. What you put your hope in is what you will draw your joy from. Because we talked about how, listen, you have to have hope in order to have joy. And so if you place your hope in God, you will draw joy from God. If you put your hope in your job, you're going to try to draw joy from your job. And you can't draw joy from a paycheck. You can't draw joy from an employer. You can't draw joy from an escape. If you place your hope in the end of a liquor bottle, you can't draw joy, true joy, from the end of a liquor bottle. If you are drawing your hope from a drug, you can't. If you're drawing hope from your cigarettes, listen to me. I'm just being real with you, okay? Like, you can't draw joy from those things. Can they bring temporary personal happiness? Probably, but they will not bring joy. And a lot of them will end up in long-term problems and effects. You cannot draw hope from something. I mean, you cannot draw joy from something like that. So stop putting your hope in world in the world's resources and realize the only place you can put your hope in is God and you can draw joy from that because listen the anchor of our soul must be in who God is and what he says and there will be things in our life that that are waves or issues situations that are undesirable but the anchor will keep us from tipping or floating into oblivion or being taken away you know if, if you've ever been on a, anybody ever been on a boat before anybody I'm on a boat. Anybody? Anybody been on a boat and then had to throw their <laughs> throw an anchor off the boat and set their boat? Went to the beach and you know you go up right up there to to the land. And you go to set up your your uh, your watercraft and you ha- oftentimes you have to use an anchor unless you got something that you can drive right up onto the shore. You need to anchor it with something. Why do you anchor it? Anybody know why you anchor a boat? Because you don't want it to float away. You don't want to lose what you have. You don't want to lose what you, what you have. And so that's the same in the spirit where the reason we should be anchored in God is because we don't want to lose everything that God's given to us. And many, many of us, we don't anchor in God. And then everything that God's given us, whenever the winds of life come, begin to float away. And now we're empty and we're lonely and we have nothing, we have no hope, we have no joy, we have no peace, we have no patience, we have no faith, because of what God had already provided for us, we didn't anchor properly. And so I'm encouraging you today to really anchor your life in Christ, anchor your life in God, anchor your life uh, and, 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 and take hope in Him. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope Romans 15, 13, in the Passion Translation, where it says, may the God, it actually says, may the God, the source of hope, 
fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you want joy in your life, if you want hope in your life, you have to be filled with the Spirit. It goes all the way back to week one. You have to be at a place and go to a place where you can be filled with the Spirit. That means that you need to be in the presence of the Almighty God and not just on Sundays. It means that you need to create a discipline in your life to communicate and have a relationship with God. In order to have hope, you must have a relationship with the source of all hope. Imagine trying to have, put it like this, right over there there's a power plug in the wall, right back here there's a power plug in the wall. If I want to power something, what do I have to do? I have to plug a power plug into the source which creates power. If I take a power dock and I plug it straight into this sheetrock right here, am I going to get any power? No. Why? Because that's not a source of power. The source of power is right down there from electricity. If you want hope in your life, stop plugging into the sheetrock of your life. (laughs) Plug into the Spirit. Be at a place. Find the place in your life to be connected to the source of all hope. That doesn't mean, now listen once again, that doesn't mean that you'll never have to look at a hopeless situation. But what it does mean is whenever you look at a hopeless situation, you can say that not all hope is lost because I know hope. I know who hope is. I know what he is. I know who he said he is. I know how he's proved, who he's proven himself to be, not just in my life, but in the lives of many people around me that I've seen his hand move time and time and time and time and time again. Listen, if God is hope, that means he is hope for your situations too. God has a hope for you. You may mess up and you may be a hot mess, but listen to me, you can still be full of hope because he has hope for you. Even whenever you don't have hope for yourself, he has hope for you. That's why there's a table to go to. Because even in the midst of whenever I feel hopeless, there's a table of hope provided for me I can go to and communicate with God and be filled with hope once again. Even in times where I feel like everything's poured out of me and life is terrible, there's a place and a table that I can go to to be filled with hope once again. John 10.10, Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly, life to the fullest, a great full life. Guess what a full life means? That means life with a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you what? A hope and a future. Let me just tell you again and remind you today. I know people may be saying about your marriage and about your life, that there's no hope for your marriage, there's no hope for your life, you'll always, you'll never amount to nothing, you'll always be not good enough, you'll live on broke, busted, busted and disgusted street, you're going to live in lack and all these different things. Listen to me, that is not who God is, so that's not your hope for your future. That is not what God is speaking over you, that is not what God says about your future. God has a better word for your life, amen? amen. Now, I believe that many things like joy, peace, boldness, and, and all these things are really a byproduct of being confidently expectant in who God is. When you have hope in who God is, you don't get hopeless about what's happening. And let me just say this. I talked a little bit about relationship just a moment ago. 
but don't live off of a secondhand hope. What does that mean, secondhand hope? What's that mean? That means secondhand hope means when you come to church charged with hope, you leave the first thing that goes bad in your life. Hope is lost. Hope is gone. Well, my husband has hope, but I don't have any hope. A secondhand hope. You need hope. Well, my wife has hope, but I don't have any hope. Listen, that's not hope. You need hope. You can't live off of other people's hope for your life, for the rest of your life. You have to have a relationship with God, and that will bring you hope. You know, which means this. You have to communicate with God. Um, anybody married in the room today? Anybody in a relationship? Anybody that's complicated? <laughs> the people that were complicated were like, hmm, awkward. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Chelsea and I, obviously, we're married. Um, <laughs> and uh, whenever we give marriage counseling and marriage advice, and when I teach on marriage and such, One of the biggest things that I always highlight when talking about marriage is this, communication. Because communication is really what will make or break relationships. And that really goes past marriage. That really goes into your work relationships. That goes into uh, your friend relationships, those around you, uh, all those things. Because how many of you are married and you are in a relationship or it's complicated and you talk to your significant other or the one that you like uh, at least once a week. Okay. How many? Twice a week. Three times a lady. <laughs> Three times a week. <laughs> yeah. How many talk to your significant other daily? Hourly. I still got my hand up. Me and Pastor, we talk all the time. Text, call, something. We are always talking. Uh, and so bring it to this. Communication is so important. The problem is this. We treat our relationship with God like we are married to him, hmm, but you're the abusive spouse that expects the loving arms to be there as soon as you come back. Stepping on toes this morning. You're the spouse that doesn't talk to your spouse for three weeks to a month. And then all of a sudden, when things aren't going good, you all of a sudden expect sugar daddy God to be there for you and pick you up, turn you around, set your feet on the solid ground so you can thank the master. I thank God. Like, like (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, 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 some of us, we don't have a relationship with God because we don't communicate with God. We have a one-sided, God, you be everything for me. You show up all the time. I'll show up when I want to. That's not the way it works. If you want hope, you got to have relationship with God. You want joy? There's got to be relationships. If you want the benefits of being in a marriage, bless God, guess what? There's got to be communication and relationship happening, okay? Because... This is the thing, with marriage and pretty much, well, we'll stick to marriage on this one because I can't talk about job in this way. With marriage, everything revolves back to communication. You're having bedroom problems, it's probably because communication's an issue. 
You're having financial issues and struggles and fights. It really comes back to communication. You're having differences in religion and the way you view things. Because you're having differences in parenting and problems and you're constantly arguing about how you should parent and shouldn't parent, so on and so forth. It really comes back to healthy, good communication. Everything comes back to communication. Same thing. All your joy, guess what? It's going to come back to communication with God. You want hope, it's going to come back to having communication with God. You need patience, it's going to come back to having communication with God. You need some faith in your life, it's going to come back to having communication with God. And not just communication, healthy communication. Meaning, I'm going to talk to God. Me and him are going to have conversations in a healthy way. I'm not just going to tell him everything I need and walk away. That would be a nagging relationship. Right? I'm, gonna, I'm going to do this. After I say, Lord, or when I say, Lord, this is what I need. Father, this is what I need in my life. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. Blah, blah, blah. And Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for everything you already are for me, though. I give thanks in advance for what you're going to me. There's a healthy communication. There's a gratitude that takes place, which enables and unlocks a wholeness in your life. As a matter of fact, I should have put the scripture in there. It just came to me. But there's the scripture in, in where the, the ten lepers uh, and, and, and Jesus heals them. And how many come back and give him thanks? One. And he says, I've made you whole. There was an unlocking in that text, there's an unlocking of blessing and fullness of life. Life and life more abundantly is unlocked in that text whenever gratitude is shown forth. If you want fullness of hope, give God thanks. You want fullness of joy, give God thanks. You want fullness of patience and faith, give God thanks. Start there. Amen? Coming too close, y'all stay with me. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the faith hallmark scripture. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. How do we get faith? Well, faith comes by hearing and 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 then hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by continual hearing of the word of God is what that scripture is saying. If you want your faith to be built up, you want your hope to be built up, then you need to know what the word of God says because you may want to write this down. To be full of hope means to be full of his word and to know who we have hope in. To be full of hope means to be full of his word and to know who we have hope in. Everything builds on top of that. If we let God's word produce the faith necessary for a strong hope, then we too can have joy no matter what is going on. We don't have to worry on all the hows and know all the who's, what's, when's, and where's. It's all going to happen. We just need to know the who he is. I'm going to say that again. We don't have to know all the hows, who's, where's, and what's in the way that things are going to happen. What we need to know is the who that he is. And God is everything. He's a supplier. He's a deliverer. He's a restorer. He's a healer. He's your salvation. He's a lover of your soul. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's an advocate. He's a comforter. He is all these things and more for you. He's your peace. He's your joy. He's your patience. He is your light. He is all these things.
but you have to know that about him and continually know that about him. Let me give you one more story to close <laughs> and one more quick kind of example real quickly for you to maybe understand. Um, not long after Pastor Chelsea and I got married, um, somehow she ended up pregnant uh, with Levi and, uh, and, and Levi was just born and um, I've never had glasses until this, about this time I'm talking about. Um, probably because I was homeschooled and I had to sit far away from the desk. <laughs> so I never had to, blend, you know, I can't see that. Uh, but my brother, he got glasses at a young age. My sister got glasses at a young age. My mom got glasses at a young age. My dad has like perfect vision, but now he wears readers just because he's getting older. And, um, but I, I, I was like, man, I got my dad's eyes. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't have to wear glasses. And then about that time, when I was sitting on the couch one day, I was looking at the TV. Uh, for any of you younger folks in here, uh, there's this thing with cable television. I don't know if you know what cable is. Um, but it was called the TV Guide. Anybody know what I'm talking about? TV Guide? Yeah. TV Guide. And so uh, some of us still have it. Like if you have Dish or you have DirecTV or something like that, or, or I think Cox and these other ones, suppliers do it too, but there's a button on your remote you can guide and it'll show you what's coming up. And I remember sitting on the couch holding Levi and, I'm sitting there and scrolling, like Jameis Winston on this, looking at a sideline call for a new play. Like I'm like squinting, like what's that say? And I remember telling Pastor Chelsea, "said Babe, I can't read this stuff. I'm not even that far away. We have a big TV. Uh, I think it's 50 or 65 inch like screen, and you get so I many plenty of viewing room." And I'm like, "We can't see it." So I told her, I think I need glasses. And she's like, you don't need glasses. You went your whole life without glasses. I, you don't need glasses. I'm like, babe, I really do think I need glasses. Well, I was right. I went to the eye doctor, and um, the eye doctor looks at me, and you know, he does the eye test, and he's like, you've been driving? I was like, yeah. Did they do an eye test on you at the DMV? I was like, I think so. I don't remember. But apparently, I didn't, they didn't think I need glasses, so... Yeah, but driving, he's like, yeah, you need glasses. You, should, you probably shouldn't be driving that much without glasses. And so I think he was just being a little bit extreme because it's not that bad. But I have, I have a pretty extreme astigmatism. And, and so now I wear glasses, uh, obviously. And, uh, and I don't know if anybody else, I, oh, I do, know if there's, I do know there's other people in this room who wear glasses, but I don't know how many of you in this room uh, uh, have experienced the amazing thing that takes place whenever you put glasses on. Now, for you people of perfect vision, yeah, we weren't quite as fortunate, okay? Like, I put on glasses, and it was like, a whole new world, like, like, like oh my gosh, everything's so clear, I can see things, like, this is incredible, it's like, I was amazed. They might know what I'm talking about, like HD vision. It was like, I went from 480 to 4K like that, okay? Like, it was amazing. So I kind of want to end on a light note as th with this for you to understand it like this. Right now, if I take my glasses off, I can't see nothing. Like, I know it's a double negative, but we're in the South. I can't see anything right now, like I mean, I can see the girls in the back and they're doing something, but I can't see. Everything that far is blurry. So I can't see very far. Pastor Chelsea is still blurry. Even when I squint, she's still blurry. I can't see very well. So 
And some of y'all looking at me go, man, put your glasses back on. You look funky, dude. Like, you need glasses. You're right. Uh, but I can't see very far into my future. I can't see very far down the line. I can't see what Mr. Newland is doing other than a big blob back there, okay? But as soon as I put my glasses back on, I can see everything. Everything's perfectly clear. I can see the girls waving. I could count their fingers. If they put up however many fingers, I could count the fingers and tell you how, much it, how many fingers they have up and so on and so forth, right? And that is the way that hope works for us. Whenever you have no hope, you can't see very far. And you're going to make some dumb decisions. And you're going to trip over some things. You're going to make some poor calculated decisions. Like right now, I can guarantee you many of you would not want me to go get in a car and drive. Like you're not going to want me to leave this parking lot without these guys. It's funny, the other night we came to worship practice and uh, I actually had changed my glasses and I put my sunglasses on and I was driving here and I was like, I got halfway here and I went, oh my goodness, I don't have my glasses what am I going to do? i got to play piano and read music tonight. I was like, dude, I'm going to have to Stevie Wonder it. Sunglasses are staying on because they're prescription sunglasses. Luckily, I had another pair in my bag. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm going to make poor calculated decisions because of my depth perception and stuff like that without these. But as soon as I get these on, I have a longer range vision once again. I can see things more clearly. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see things further down the road than what I could when I had terrible vision with no glasses. That's what hope can be for you. It can be vision for your future because the Bible says he's giving you plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a great future. So if that means he's giving you hope and a future, that means that you should be able to begin to see those things too based on who he is and what he said he will be for you. I'm going to give you one more analogy real quickly. Ms. Donna came in this morning, as a matter of fact, and she said, does somebody have a glasses white? Because my glasses are smudged. That She had smudged something on them. And I, you know, uh, for anybody who has glasses and is not a monster, man, you want clean glasses, right? Like, your, your glasses need to be clean. And that's me. Like my gla- right now, they're dirty, and they're killing me. After this service, it's because I spit and sweat and everything else. But... Uh, I, so whenever, but whenever there's something on your glasses, guess what? I have my hope, but I have a skewed vision. So many of us have hope based on an improper viewing of who God is for us. So our hope is not a pure, clean hope. It's based on things that God never said he is. Like, God's going to destroy me if I don't get my life right right now. That's a terrible hope to have. That's not your hope for your future. Now, does God want want you to get right? Yes. Does God want you to have a beautiful life? Yes. Does God want to bless you? Yes. Does God want you to live in accordance to his word? Yes. But he's not about to throw down lightning bolts from heaven whenever you step out of line or mess up, okay? But some of us, we live that life with a messed up vision of who God is. We've read certain scriptures, but not the totality of scripture. We've read certain things about God, but really haven't read what his actual nature is and who he is for us. You gotta have clean lenses to have full hope. If you wanna have that anchor for your soul, then you gotta know the word of God and let that be the lens of hope. You gotta know who he says he is. When Miss Donna was cleaning her lenses, I was thinking about the fact that she's renewing her lenses. What, what once was messy, what once was messed up, still has the full capability of being what it needs to be for us. But when she cleaned them, she was renewing them. She was making them new again. 
And some of you just need to renew your hope by renewing your mind to the Word of God. So let me encourage you this week. Get in your Word. Find out who God is. Find out who Jesus is. Jesus is the Word made flesh. You know who God is? Look at the Son. God is everything Jesus was and everything Jesus is. And let me just encourage you with this. Today, you can take this hope and it can be an anchor for your soul and it can lead and guide you and it can also be that thing that anchors you and keeps you. Where you're going, it can anchor you. Where you're at, it can anchor you. Here's Reagan. Where's all the kids? They're all coming in. Y'all come on in, kids. You can take a seat. But listen to me. We have a hope that's an anchor for our soul. And today we can take joy in that. Will you stand to your feet this morning? We lift your hands to the Lord today. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for this word right now. I thank you we have this hope that's an anchor for our soul. Lord, we thank you, Lord, you give us a fresh perspective and a fresh vision of who you say you are. Lord, we renew our minds this week, Father. Help us. Lead us to scripture that we need to read to know who you are and what your nature is. So, Lord, we take a new hope today, a clean hope, a renewed hope in you that you'll never let us down even though winds come, tension happens, but our hope remains in you. A God that is unchangeable, immovable, and always victorious. So we give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you give God one more hand clap of praise today, amen? We have ministry teams available.